Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guests today are from Jefferson City, our state capital. We have Annie Herman, who is the Assistant Division Director of Reentry Education, and Alex Earls, who is the Reentry Program Administrator for the Missouri Department of Corrections. Annie, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Well, I am the chair of the State Workforce Board, and I heard you both give a presentation at our recent board meeting, and I was so impressed with all the things that you all are doing to help folks move forward with their lives. How did you get to the role that you are right now? Well, I started with the department when I was right out of college as a case manager for the department. So a case manager role is really to help the offenders with day-to-day things such as visiting applications, making sure that they get enrolled in programming, making sure that they get ready for their release out of prison. So that's what I started directly dealing with the clients one-on-one. And then that was really my passion to start with the Department of Corrections because I wanted really to make sure that the offenders use their time while they're incarcerated with us to the best of making them a better person before they were released from prison. So I started as a case manager and kind of worked my way up as a unit manager and then worked in the reentry unit, which really more focuses on the overall big picture of services that we can provide all the offenders while they're incarcerated and then took on a role. We have different divisions in the department. So Mm -hmm. our division is of offender rehabilitative services. And so transitioned into this role And what this role does is oversees the education departments that we have in the prisons. All of our prisons have schools and vocational programs, and then also oversee the reentry efforts for that. So it really just kind of started as one-on-one interaction and then more kind of big picture what we can do for the population as a whole. That's a big job. Now, Alex, what's your role? So yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, My role here is the Uh, Reentry Programs Administrator. So what I do is I oversee reentry services throughout the state. So we have 19 correctional facilities um, and we have reentry services in each of those as well as our probation and parole districts. Um, And we also have two um, transition centers, one in Kansas City and one in St. Louis, uh, where we provide services for them as well. So you have 19 facilities. How many folks overall do you estimate that you serve on a normal day? More than 23,000 folks. 23,000, and they're all involved in some sort of an educational program? Majority are. I'm not going to say all of them are 100% involved, no. Um, We do our best to encourage them. Some of our individuals have shorter sentences. Some of them have a a substantial amount of time to do. Some will not get out of incarceration. I believe 97%, give or take, is our percentage of how many of our folks in Missouri who are going to be returning back to our communities. So it is a big endeavor for us to ensure that we are educating our clients as well as preparing them for the workforce. So 23,000 people and 97% of those are going to be coming back out into hopefully gainful employment. Absolutely. That is 100% our goal is to get them gainful employment post-release. 
Annie, when we're talking about gainful employment for these people and the educational programs they have, AGC works with construction employers. What sort of education or capacity do you have to help prepare people for construction careers? So when a client first becomes incarcerated, we do a number of assessments on them to make sure that we're giving them the services that are needed. So anybody that does not have a high school equivalency, we enroll them in to get their high set. And so we have that those services offered at all 19 of our correctional facilities. And so any facility that they go to, they have the ability to go ahead and get their high set. They also have opportunities to get employment inside the institutions. We have staff obviously inside the facilities, but we rely a lot on the clients to help run the facilities. So they get experience working in maintenance. They get experience working in office-like settings. They work in food service. So in maintenance, they would have the opportunity to get skills um, that help build in the construction field, but it also gives them the opportunity to help gain work ethic and work with a boss and work with coworkers um, and have expectations placed on them. So we also have a vocational programs and so they are able to once they receive a high school equivalency they're able to participate in those vocational programs and specifically for the construction field we have programs called building trades we have welding programs we have commercial driver's license programs we also have electrical wiring and we have heavy machinery equipment they're 360 hours and they go over a lot of book work and then also on the hands job training to receive credentials and skills in those particular fields. Alex, how familiar are you with those five programs and what sort of things go on as a component of each one of those programs? Could you sort of describe how this impacts if I am one of your clients? How do I get enrolled in this or what? how do I participate in these and what do I learn? Yeah, so absolutely. So one of the biggest thing is our, our case management staff that Annie alluded to earlier is, uh, you know, they work with our clients really to prepare them for release. Um, reentry starts at the day at the first day that they come into our institution. So we're always working with the end goal of getting them employment and and providing and living a successful life. Um, so through that process, we, we really evaluate. We do some career planning with our clients. And through that, we begin to gauge with ONET profilers and different career assessments just to really gauge what are they going to be interested in and according to that because we want to make sure one of the biggest things that you will find as we deal with individuals especially with our population you know if it doesn't interest them if they're not going to be skilled at it are they really going to sustain are they really going to continue in that so we try to align the best that we can what interests them what are they going to be good at and put them into our vocational trainings that align with that those programs so of those programs that annie mentioned earlier how many folks participate in the building trades or the heavy machinery or the welding or electrical or the CDL. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna run multiple cohorts. So for example, we have our buildings trade program in Cameron, Missouri. Uh, We're running approximately 15 people at a time. It's about 360 hours. Sometimes we'll get up to 20, 25 folks into the classes. CDL program we're offering at Northeast Correctional Center, which is in Bowling Green, Missouri. We also offer that program at Farmington Correctional Center. Uh, We have the electrical programs, which is in Boonville Correctional Center, as well as in Cameron, Missouri. All of those programs really, they're just designed to really help get real understanding. So you're getting the educational component of it. You're also getting the application component to really help these individuals really understand the trade. Annie, part of your title is reentry. Mm-hmm. So I have now 
paid my debt to society, so to speak. I've gone through 360 hours of training, whether it's electrical or welding or whatever. Now it's time for me to re-enter mm-hmm. society. What happens at that point? Because I think this training probably occurs at a time when folks are getting ready to leave the Department of Corrections and move back into private industry or whatever. How do you facilitate that re-entry? So our vocational classes are eligible for anybody that has under five years left remaining on their sentence. Okay, but so a I'm lot my of last our five years. yes, but we ideally would like them to be able to complete the class and then be able to go out into the community to practice these skills. So we do have opportunities um, for some of our classes, such as the welding program at Moberly Correctional Facility. Once they complete the vocational program at Moberly, they are able to go work for Missouri Vocational Enterprises there and put some of those skills to use. And so the ones that do have longer sentences and have a couple years left still to spend with us while they're incarcerated, we want to put those people in job opportunities while they're still incarcerated to use those skills. So that's something that we're trying to work on more of that in the future. But as far as re-entry, what that looks like with them transitioning into the community like Alex said it really does start day one and the sooner that we can start that process the better for that person that's incarcerated so they as soon as they come to prison we really want them to start thinking about what their life looks like when they are released so we have to start programming as soon as they get into the facility because obviously they've committed crimes and there might be some things that they need to work on Um, they might have criminal thinking they might have some criminal attitudes we want to start to address those right away so really when you talk about what do they do right before they release from the door it's really stuff that we work on throughout their whole incarceration period so again that programming we want to get them enrolled in school we want to get them some pre-release job training beforehand but really that last six months while they're with us we talk about kind of those what that is going to look like when they transition so what does their housing look like a lot of our People will release back to a family member that they've lived with or their family that they were living with previously because that is an issue right now in the community. There are not a lot of housing options for someone to Mm -hmm. be able to transition into either a home on their own or um, community partner resource on their own. So a lot of times they do go back to family members or friends that they do know. So they work on a home plan and we don't encourage anyone to release without a home plan that's approved by our staff. So we want to make sure that it's going to be stable for them, that it's a positive environment, because that's a huge part of employment. And so another thing is transportation. They start to try to figure out what that looks like. And we have a lot of people that release to our rural communities, and the resources are not plentiful in those communities. And a lot of times, you know, even to get to the parole office or a job center is quite a commute. So that's an an issue with making sure that they get valued employment is the transportation piece. So they work with both their case manager and an institutional parole officer to make sure that they're thinking about things like housing, like transportation. Um, If they have substance use or mental health issues that they want to make sure that they follow up on, that the services, um, we do a great job making sure that they get medical and mental health and substance use services while they're incarcerated. We want to make sure that that continues once they're released. So that's another piece to make sure what their treatment plan looks like, what their medical plans look like. 
any kind of barriers that we can break down before they're released is beneficial. And so a big part of that is the communication between the case manager that they work with and the institutional parole officer they work with and also their field parole officer. So they all need to communicate to know like what that client needs to still do when they're released. How um, many folks do you release in a normal month or over a three-month period or so? We release about 13,000 people a year back into the community. So we have currently, like Alex said, 23,000 people incarcerated, and we release about 13,000 a year. So there are a lot of clients releasing to communities all across the state of Missouri that need employment. About 1,000 people a Mm -hmm. month. So Alex, I met you both at the State Workforce Board once you've provided all the services that Annie talks about, there's still that connection with business and connection with industry and connection with employers. How do you go about facilitating that? Yeah, so one of the more exciting things that we have been able to recently implement is hiring employment transition specialists in 10 of our facilities. And those individuals are strictly, their, their main job is to connect employers with our clients. So these are 10 people that that's their dedicated role, and they, this is a new thing. Yes, it's a new thing. It's through our partnership with workforce development on the state level. Uh, So we're partnering with them to ensure that our clients returning have the opportunity to find gainful and meaningful employment post-release and right at this day, first day out, that they have that option to get the uh, employment. So it's really exciting. But our employment transition specialist is not only just going to be working on linking our employers with our clients, but they're also going to be, you know, ensuring that those soft skills are met. So one of the bigger challenges that we find with our with our returning citizens is sometimes they don't know how to ha- hold a job. They don't understand, you know, that I have to be at work on time, that I can't just miss work and, and expect to have my paycheck. Those types of things, which is a big issue for a lot of our employers, you know, they can they get some people, but then all of a sudden they're no longer showing up at work. They don't know how to talk to their supervisor. They don't know how to talk and deal with coworkers and different things like that. They just create big issues uh, in your work environment. So we really work to address those as well. We're doing that within uh, the last 12 months of their incarceration period. So we're really focusing on getting those issues addressed. And then, you know, like I said, linking those employers in so they're going to be able to have the opportunity to come in and interview some of our clients who are getting ready to go out the door they're going to have the ability to come in and just see meet with them we're going to open our facilities open to employer showcases where if you have a big need for uh, employees you have like construction workers like construction workers absolutely like the construction company can come in and do a presentation talk about the benefits of working for your company you can come in and see all that we're also going to do virtual job fairs so throughout the state where you get a link with different individuals who are releasing back to the area where you employ the most folks so it's really just a neat opportunity for us to really utilize technology and to get our clients into employment and to help really our employers because they're, they're right now if we look around we can see from the construction field to the food service industry to everywhere in between the need for employees and quality employees so that's what we're striving to do as a department is to really invest into our clients to get them to be as successful as possible so these 10 people are going to be located all around the state are they on board now they are yes and so they're just starting to get some traction yes they're now just yep they're just getting some traction we're getting some trainings done um and just lining out a couple of things for them but absolutely they're they're definitely there and it's going to be exciting to use and really that came out of we have employers that are willing to hire clients that are getting released from prison 
And so we have that population. We also have the, like I said, about 13,000 that are released each year, but we weren't seeing those clients actually get placed in those jobs. So we'd have the employers come to the table and then here in the reentry office, we would you know, talk to the employers, answer questions about our clientele. And then we have these people releasing, but there wasn't that person in the facility to help meet the two up. And so that's what we hope that those positions can help with. And we chose the 10 facilities that release the most amount of people to start with. And so what they will do is also help workforce development, um, Department of Higher Education and Workforce Development will also provide staff members at those 10 sites to help with that last three to six month period to really help that engagement with the employer. So it'll definitely be a collaborative effort with that department and our department as well. So in your perfect world, Annie, what could we do? What could AGC in Missouri do or what could business do to help you succeed in what you're trying to get done in the next year or so? So in a perfect world, they would be willing to come in and look at our current programs that we had to see where we can do better, to see what other credentials that we can offer while they're incarcerated, to see what kind of job opportunities that they can do while they're incarcerated. Any kind of guidance from them would always be helpful. Um, the feedback on, you know, if they're getting clients and they're having struggles with them, what are those struggles or what are those positive things? Um, so I think the feedback would be really helpful. Again, any kind of pre-release opportunities that they can have. So any kind of on-the-job training that they could do while they're incarcerated with us is always good. And like Annie mentioned too, so, you know, advising on some of our curriculum, it's going to be critical to make sure that we're training our population into what is leading industry currently. Um, and who better than to see those who do it every day. So the employers in the construction field coming in and advising us, okay, this is what industry is doing. You know, that is an older method of how we used to do things. Now we're moving it to this direction. Those types of tips and those types of pointers to really give you to provide some quality employees for the future would really help uh, us out and then making sure credentialing and, and making sure all that stuff is really aligning and like Annie mentioned making sure you know providing employment opportunities for these individuals releasing but also understanding some of the barriers that they're going to deal with so if there's any way that we can address some of those barriers such as housing and transportation those are two tough situations that we really have to work with with our clients so anything that we can do if we can think outside the box on how to get some transportation because I know it Transportation is a big deal, especially in the construction uh, trade. They have to show up to work and they have to get there and they have to have reliable transportation. That sometimes is a big barrier. You, we may lose out on some quality folks just because they don't haven't got to the point where they can afford reliable transportation. And also an ask of the employers would be to be willing to come in still while they're incarcerated, either to have a job interview or to participate in the virtual job fairs. So. Once they are released and they are on a lot of our clients release on supervision because we want to still make sure that they have that support person to go through things. But we would like to be able to have them have an, an employment opportunity before they're released from prison. So that way they can start from day one in a job with structure um, and with that schedule. And so for employers to be willing and if it takes first to come in and see some of our programs and do presentations about their programs or kind of see some of the offenders in action when they're doing the different vocational programs like building trades that's a good start if there's need more comfort level to actually come in and actually do job interviews with clients that are about to release so if i'm listening to this and i want to learn more should i contact alex or annie or where should i go here either one of us 
Annie and Alex, thank you so much. I bet almost everybody listening to this podcast has made a mistake in their life. And I bet everybody listening to this realizes that they could do something to give back and give back to our industry. We've been hearing about a workforce shortage in construction forever. You have a 1,000 people a month who are coming out. I know they're not all construction workers. I know that you've got all the other careers that you prepare people for. But I will ask folks listening to this to contact ANNIE.Herman, H-E-R-M-A-N, at doc.mo.gov. That's Annie's email address. Or A-L-E-X.E-A-R-L-S, Alex Earls, at doc.mo.gov and you can get a hold of either Annie or Alex make this connection we certainly plan to continue to build a partnership with AGC in Missouri and our workforce department to make this a success as you get your 10 people on board and hopefully help a lot of people I would love to connect with any and every one of you um, who have needs we have the people we just need to get them placed in the right spot people with all different types of skill set too so any kind of position that you guys are looking to fill we have people that are able and capable to fill any of those roles so we look forward to the partnerships and again we have people that release across the whole entire state of Missouri each and every day so that are very willing and excited to get employment and it's a huge part of them being successful and staying out of prison so appreciate the opportunity and thanks to both of you for all your hard work Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.